I may be slightly too optimistic when it comes to Marvel and DC lately, but I think both companies definitely have the ability and the potential to bring their movies back into the space that most fans of the comic books and moviegoers want to see. There's been some changes, not all the changes people like, but again, I think there's some wiggle room these companies have to return to form and give the fans what they want. If you will, if you are watching my video and you are not subscribed, I ask you to subscribe, share the video, comment, like all that good stuff. Even if it's a bad comment, if you don't like what I'm talking about, voice your opinions about that. I may or may not interact with you. Let's just keep it peaceful. We can disagree and agree to disagree. I'm trying to build up my subscriber count on this channel. As are most YouTubers, I enjoy talking about the things that I talk about and I want this content to be shared with as many people as possible. Anyway, Kang the Conqueror is Marvel's way out. I think Marvel may realize that. Now, I personally did not see the Eternals movie. I didn't really have a desire to see it. There's some people I know who liked it. Many people I know who didn't like it. When I saw the movie initially, I was slightly excited. But then as I saw previews, it didn't appeal to me. There's some uh, some of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus that I have not watched. They didn't appeal to me. That doesn't mean that they're not good. That is just my opinion. One thing I found out in this YouTube space that's that can get blown out of proportion is everybody thinks their opinion is the center of the universe. These are just my opinions on this channel, and I realize that. Now, I try my best to base my opinions on facts. But even having the facts, sometimes your take on the facts just isn't right. That is bound to happen. I think it happens to all of us. So I do not think my opinions are the center of the universe. I can argue my opinions and support my opinions with the information I have, but I'm also willing to hear somebody with an opposing view because I'm not always right. Anyway, I'm going to read some things actually straight from Marvel.com about Kang the Conqueror, and this will kind of give my reasoning why I believe Kang the Conqueror could possibly bring Marvel out of this lull period that they're in with their movies. So this is a timeline of Kang in the comics. Now the key to understanding the, the 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 key to understanding why Kang can bring Marvel's movies back to prominence is understanding who Kang is. So I wanted to go over this straight from the source itself. This is from marvel.com and this is part of their articles. This was published on February 7th, 2023 by Robin Belt. Okay, it says the timeline of Kang in the comics. See where and when Kang and his variants have conquered time and space. So we all know that when you deal with um, time events, events when it comes to traveling back and forth in time in comic books, it presents you with 
a myriad of opportunities to reboot. And when you're dealing with the multiverse, that presents a plethora of, of ways you can go, directions you can take. You can really retcon something without fully flushing out or explaining why or how you retcon that. And you can use time to do so. Now, this isn't always a good thing because some comic book companies and some creators have used that as a crutch for constant reboots. And trust me, I know and I understand this is definitely a problem, something that when abused, it actually gets annoying. Okay, so Kang's first appearance was as Pharaoh Ramatut in Fantastic Four number 19 in 1961. Here's why this matters. When you have a character, a villain like Kang with that much history, translating that to cinema, there's a, a, a myriad of things you can do. And there is a gang of material you have to pull from because you have years of history. This is, I think this is what made comic book movies initially, or let's say the launch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is what made that so good. They launched with Iron Man. Iron Man had so much history they could pull from that really there was a bunch of directions you can go in. It's just a matter of what would be pleasing to the fans, easiest to represent in cinematic form and make money. Look, you have to understand that these companies are out to make money. You might not like that, but if, if a company, a big corporation is making a movie and they don't make any money, why are they in business? Now, you could call in a question why both DC and Marvel has made some of the decisions they have made because it definitely, as of lately, hasn't made them as much money as they received in the past. So that's definitely an argument you can make. Okay, the first appearance of Kang the Conqueror uh, as Kang the Conqueror was in Avengers number eight in 1963. Uh, he appeared in Mortis Major Bid for Power in Avengers Forever, 1998, number one. Uh, Meet the Council of Kangs, uh, Avengers number 267 in 1963, Marcus Kang and the Kang Dynasty, uh, Avengers number 41 in 1998, Who is Iron Lad, Young Avengers uh, number 1, 2005, Kamala Kang mashup, Infinity Wars, Infinity Warps uh, uh, number 2, 2018, Kang the Elder versus the Younger, Kang the Conqueror, 2021. Uh, that was number one. Okay, and this uh, article kind of breaks down a timeline of Kang. So if you understand this, if you know these things, then there are certain things you will see in the movies and you will kind of get the inclination like, oh, they're pointing to this. And this is why I think they can actually do some good with Kang the Conqueror and he realistically now some people may disagree. He can actually turn out to be a more formidable foe than Thanos. If they play this out right now, I don't know if they're going to take the same route they took 
with the first phase of Marvel rolling out these movies, having all of these things connect, leading to this greater story. But I think, as I said, Kang definitely presents them a unique opportunity to do just that. Okay, the history of Kang the Conqueror. Did you know there are countless variations of Kang across the multiverse? Menacing Earth's heroes throughout time, throughout time, journey through the uh, through Marvel with the master of time. OK, so we see him as uh, Rama Tut uh, in his first ever appearance as uh, first ever appearance, excuse me, an alternate timeline. Kang was an anachronistic villain who held the Fantastic Four captive in ancient Egypt. Uh, Kang Prime, the version of Kang we're, we're most familiar with, he traveled to the present and challenged Earth's mightiest heroes. Okay, uh, the future version of Kang, it would be years before the Avengers realized the two men were one and the same. And this is Immortus. Kang Infinite, a gathering of Kangs across Thousands of different timelines that are variants of the original. And this is the Council of Kings. Uh, Scarlet Centurion, a moniker used for a variant of Kang and his son, Marcus Kang, during the Kang Dynasty arc. A member of Young Avengers. This is Iron Lad, a member of the Young Avengers. This version of Nathaniel Richards proved that Kang wasn't always a bad guy. Kamala Kang. Imagine, uh, imagine this Miss Marvel plus Kang equals Kamala Kang. Uh, Kang the Conqueror. Across all timelines, one fact is absolute. Time means nothing to Kang. So all of these different versions of Kang and all of the things he has done and all of the ways they can tie this in and the way they can use this to bring in mutants, because we know we haven't seen that. Um, Disney bought Fox, so now they have rights to the X-Men. So now there are characters they can bring in that they couldn't use before. And I think, again, this presents a great and wonderful opportunity for Marvel to take advantage of this, bring in these new characters with some good storylines, pull from the comic books. And, you know, I wasn't so mad with the Infinity War and how it pieced together different stories, uh, brought them together in a decent way that I enjoyed leading up to um, Endgame. The one, the one gripe, and I try not to make my comic book videos too much about complaining. I just want to make it about my joy and love for comic books. The one gripe I had is the missed opportunity for a, a true telling of World War Hulk. And in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, we got a glimpse at the Illuminati. If you don't know, if you don't know anything about the Illuminati, I would definitely um, go watch some videos, look that up. I don't remember all the details. My memory is not like the majority of the comic book YouTubers I see in this space. There's some guys that their memory, I'm going to be honest with you, is just 
downright impeccable. When I listen to them talking about all these different events and things that happen within a comic books, different comic book stories and arcs and universes, I'm like, I don't know how they keep this stuff all straight in their brain. I have multiple things that consume my interest from comic books to history to Bible. If you follow my Bible channel and it's hard to be laser focused on one of these things so much that I, you know, memorize things ad nauseum. I'm just I, I'm being honest with you. That is not me. I love comic books, but I've never been one for just root memory. A lot of things I have to look up again like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. But I, I think one of the things they can do, that's what I was getting to. Why I said all of that. One of the things they can do with Kang the Conqueror, especially if they bring in mutants and if they bring in the Fantastic Four and Doom is they can get to the Secret War. Now, the Secret War. OK, so when I found out that Marvel was doing moving toward the Infinity War. Like the first time I saw Thanos on screen, I almost lost it. I was like super excited as a comic book geek. Can you imagine in my mind? I was like, can you imagine 13 year old me seeing Thanos represented on, on a big screen, like in a good way? Oh man, that was, that was like the, the, the icing on top of the cake. It was just so good. I think they can do this same thing with the secret war. If if Marvel finds a way to play this new these new group of phases out until we get to the secret war. Now, there's some things they definitely have to correct. And this is where the multiverse and the timelines come in again. I'm not a huge fan of the abuse of multiverse and timelines for constant reboots, but sometimes reboots are necessary when let, let's say you've had some people who have handled the 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 comic book space on the silver screen and they didn't really do it justice or they didn't do it with care in situations like that i i think a, a good reboot and a good use of time and a multiverse is warranted and i'm here for it i have no problem with that i think they can do that i think they can move to the secret war and I think if Marvel actually does that, if they if they use this opportunity with Kang the Conqueror and time travel and the multiverse and move toward the secret war, which I get the inclination that that's exactly what they're going to do. I think a lot of people will be surprised and pleased if they actually pull it off.